welcome to the 20th episode of Greg Talks. My name is Greg. I am currently finished with community college, and I am still 19 years old. And yeah, welcome. This is the 20th episode, and I just want to thank all of you who have continued to stick with me and listen thus far to all of my content. Uh, you know, as you may know, you know, I'm doing this for as long as I have. I am very grateful to have the audience that I do have because, you know, um, anybody that takes the time to listen to my rambling, because I will admit, though, I, I do talk about a lot of random stuff on here, but that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is really a place for me to vent about some of the things that are on my mind. So, um, just once again, I want to thank you guys for doing that, and I hope you stick around for however many more episodes this is going to be. Um, so, I guess just to give you an update on what I've been doing in the past two weeks. Um, so, the first thing is I've been uh, basically going back to drawing again. I know I mentioned this in a previous episode, but um, I do sketch from time to time, and, you know, I want to better my skills, so, you know, I'm always doing some form of sketching, whether it is people, objects, trees, plants, or whatever, so, you know, I've been looking at YouTube videos and stuff like that to try to get my skills set up, and I will tell you, it's a very strenuous process to get better at drawing because, like, you know, when you're in high school and when you think, like, you know, doing anime characters and kind of creating your own style, you know, while that is cool, you don't necessarily focus too much on getting better at that point, though. Like, you're you're doing drawing and you're getting more of the concept of what it means to actually see what you draw. Or, I mean draw what you see, but uh, you're not really honing those skills, you're just kind of laying a foundation. So now, you know, I'm actually looking at videos and kind of learning the foundation of what it means to draw the planes of the face, what it means to create tone and form, and how to make a more realistic shape while still retaining my drawing style. So that's what I've been doing. I've been looking at channels like um, Alfonso Dunn, um, who's like, um, a guy that kind of makes tutorials on how to do certain videos, uh, not videos, but, um, you know, drawing different objects like trees is a video I just looked at, um, how to create textures, um, how to draw fur. And those are just some of the many videos in which he covers, and then um, another YouTuber I look at, not so much for drawing tutorials, although sometimes I do look at their channel for that, but mainly just for entertainment purposes, is Lavender Town, which a lot of you guys uh, may know of. She does, um, she has kind of an anime-ish kind of style, but a lot of her characters are very cutesy. So, but she does like a lot of different challenges and stuff like that, and, you know, I do find her videos quite entertaining to watch from time to time, because she's way further along than I am, so, you know, if I can get to her point, you know, I'd honestly be fine, 
even though I'd still want to get better, but, you know, the stuff she's drawing is, like, leagues above anything that I can do at my current skill level. And then, uh, who's, there's another one, um, oh, dang, I'm trying to remember his name, Proko, uh, is ran by this guy named Stan Prokopenko, and he's a professional artist, and also the two other YouTubers I mentioned are also professional artists, two different skill levels, though, um, but Proko, like, he, um, invites on different artists on his channel, and he also gives motivational advice, he also has this new podcast called The Draftsman Show, which basically gives advice to up-and-coming and, coming and be beginner artists who want to go into art as uh, a profession or just increase their skill level from where they currently are. And they give a lot of great insight to and speak to a lot of the problems that a lot of artists tend to have, you know, that kind of halts them from getting better. So, yeah, uh, that's what I've been doing in terms of my art. And then another thing that I've been doing, and I mentioned this also on a previous podcast, is that I've been upping my animation skills with using Blender 2.8, uh, which is a new update to the longtime computer 3D animation software called Blender, which is free and open source. And I've basically been using the 2D animation, uh, the 2D animation grease pencil that um, allows you to put 2D animation into 3D landscapes and worlds. So, you know, right now I've been using just the modeling tool and the grease pencil 2D animation mode just to kind of experiment and kind of get better and learn some of the foundational skills to better my um, aptitude with the program and it's really cool you know I can't say that I've done much with it because you know despite it being not super hard to learn it is kind of daunting because even before when I used Blender back in high school I was using it but I was mostly just using the modeling tool and it took me hours to actually render out like full things mainly because as a beginner you can't really do stuff really quickly without making a lot of mistakes. So you kind of have to go back and tweak things, and it's kind of a trial and error process to really get the look that you want on whatever you're creating. So, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing with Blender. And, yeah, that's, that's really it when it comes to the stuff I've been doing, though. And that's mainly why I wanted to kind of just uh, take my time with putting out this... 20th episode because I was kind of thinking in my mind, you know, maybe I should take a break from the podcast and kind of just do uh, some of my other hobbies and, you know, kind of get those things up before I come back for the 20th episode. And then another part of it was, oh, you know, I should have something planned for this huge milestone. But really, when I think about it, you know, 20 episodes, I mean, that's probably not the episode for it. I mean, maybe when I get to 50 or potentially 100 is when I should really do it, and, you know, when I have an audience of more than 10 people, or, like, 8 to, eight to 10 people, but, you know, uh, it is what it is, though. I'm not gonna stress too much over it, because this is just something I do in my spare time. It's not, like, a serious thing, um, so, yeah, the main thing I wanted to get to, to wanted to get to talk about today 
was the recent miniseries that premiered on Cartoon Network called Infinity Train. And I wanted to give just my overall thoughts on the miniseries and give a review on it and what I hope to expect from it in the future. Um, so, be forewarned, this is going to be very spoilery. So, if you have not watched Infinity Train, I suggest you not tune in to the rest of this podcast, since from here on out, it's going to be no holds barred on the story beats and anything to do with the characters. So, without further ado, let's start. So... Infinity Train revolves around this character named Tulip, whose parents are divorced. The first episode kind of starts out with her coming home from school, and we meet her friend. I forget what her friend's name is, but they kind of like her talking about gaming and coding, as Tulip is kind of an avid person that wants to go into video game development. And when she comes back to her house, you know, her friends, her friend brings up the fact that, oh, you know, how's your dad doing? Like, he hasn't really um, been interacting with you, you know, since the divorce. And Tulip kind of shrugs it off because, you know, that's not something that at that age, and she's 12 years old at the start of the series, kind of wants to talk about because that's kind of touchy, but realistic since, you know, I could see kids just bringing up things that they shouldn't really bring up in conversation. Um, So then she goes into her house, and then she starts talking with her mom. Or no, 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 she doesn't talk with her mom, but she goes upstairs, and then she's, like, playing around on her computer. But then her mom, like, wants to, to talk to her about something regarding her video game camp. And so Tulip goes back downstairs, only to hear her mom tell her that her dad cannot take her to camp due to other things that have come up in his schedule. And then the mom, you know, says that she can't take her because she has to work two shifts for the next two days, which would stop her from being able to do any type of traveling. So Tulip, of course, lashes out in anger at her mother because, you know, this is something she's been looking forward to for a long time, and she can't believe that her parents could not cooperate to make this happen for her, so she could actually enjoy herself and get away from the drama that the divorce has kind of caused her to be going through in her head. So her mother, you know, tries to plead to her that, you know, there's nothing we could do about it, and we're very sorry that this inconvenienced your happiness, but we can do nothing about it now. And she tries to get Tulip to kind of calm down, but Tulip is so enraged that she just runs back up to her room and, you know, she sulks essentially for a bit as, you know, she's reasonably upset as any kid would be that, you know, they couldn't go on a trip like that to further their passion. So she decides to run away from home and try to go to where her camp is being held at, which is Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Um, And so she is walking and walking and walking and walking, only to 
get really tired, and then a train appears mysteriously out of nowhere. And then she gets on it because it says it's going to Oshkosh. And, you know, she boards it, and then before she knows it, uh, there's this big spree of light. And then she gets sucked into the train proper. And then when she gets on there, she meets this robot named One One, who at first glance, you know, is a very odd and has a very peculiar way of behavior, but, um, you know, later on becomes very humorous and a friend to Tulip later on in the series, and he kind of has this quirk about him where one side of him is very positive, while the other side is negative and morbid acting. So he accompanies her as she goes through the door to the next train car, and then when she walks outside... She sees this barren wasteland, and, you know, she um, gets a little freaked out because she realizes that this is not a normal train, and then she sees somebody get sucked out of the train, and presumably, presumably in her mind, she thinks that person just died. So she gets very spooked, very understandably, because, I mean, if you were on a train and you saw nothing that looked like your home and then you see a person just fade away then yeah that would definitely freak you out then she goes into this um she tries to like get off the train actually though um and then she tries to get away from the train to see if she can like go back home this doesn't work of course and then she gets stuck in some quicksand in the wasteland and then these dogs with wires coming out of their mouths start chasing after her and then they found a way to make this seem very comedic even though this is a very dire situation where she could die and they play like this um kind of happy uh chase music behind the scenes while she's running back to the train which i thought was kind of like funny in a like a not funny way and then when she gets, you know, back on the train, she goes into the grid car. However, one of these dog monsters have chased her back into one of the train cars. And then she almost dies because we find out that these dog things can, like, suck the spirit energy out of you. Which they don't really explain later on in the show. We see how these dog creatures are created, which I'm going to get to in the final, well second to last episode of the miniseries but anyway getting back to this one um one one saves her and then they kind of fight off the dog wire creature thing and then they escape outside and then that's kind of where the first episode ends and you know like i said great start to the miniseries it kind of leaves you with a mystery Oh, one thing I did forget to mention is there is a number on Tulip's hand that kind of shows itself. We don't really know what is going on with the number in the first episode, but it gets fleshed out more and more as we go through the train cars. And then the next episode, uh, which kind of forgetting the title of these episodes, but it's the one where uh, she meets the cat and... You know, one one kind of freaks her out at the beginning because you know when she asks why the number has started to decrease 
on her hand, one one says, well, it's probably because, you know, you're going to die when you're, when it goes to zero. Um, however, we find out later that this is not the case, and one one was just kind of saying nonsense. But um, she meets this cat character who she hears knows the conductor of the train, and this cat character says, well, I'll take you, or I'll ask the conductor to send you back home if you give me one one. And then Tulip agrees, and she fixes up this cat, the cat's transportation device, and then she kind of like goes off with one one to the conductor. Tulip, of course, feels very sorry that she did what she had to do because she didn't want to give up one one. And then she goes after the cat and sabotages the cat's machine and stops her from getting to the conductor. The cat kind of lashes out in anger, and then Tulip gets one one back, and then you know they continue on with their journey. And then in the third car, they meet Atticus, which is a corgi, which is a type of dog. And, you know, in this car, stuff happens with, uh, you know, Atticus and stuff. And Atticus tells Tulip that there's this, like, shadowy presence coming from over the horizon. But, the you know, the corgis can't get to it, of course, because, you know, they can't swim because there's a river blocking the hill. And so they go over um, into the hill area, and then they see that um, it was just like a spider shadow that was being projected into the sky. And then, you know, they take care of that, but then they realize that, no, there's something bigger going on here. And then they look behind the bushes and see this mechanical giant robot servant thing. And then... The servant thing kind of approaches Tulip, and then it says, get back in your seat. And then as soon as it sees 1-1, one, one, it just vanishes. Well, it doesn't vanish, but it just it, it goes back to the conductor, presumably. I mean, we don't know where it goes after this point, but it just kind of was weird that it reacted to 1-1 one, one in that way. And then we go on to the fourth train car, which is the chrome car. Oh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. The... Uh, crystal car is what i'm going to call it and in this car um atticus one one and tulip essentially have to um sing to open the door but the catch is they have to sing something that means something very emotional that has some emotional weight to it so then of course you know atticus fails um one one fails and then tulip she starts singing all these different songs that she's liked, but they don't seem to work. And then a crystal creature tells her, no, you have to sing something. You don't, you don't have, you don't want to sing a song that you personally like that you think is emotional. You have to sing a song in your past that actually connected with you to a degree that you have a memory associated with said song. And so she sings this song. I forget the name of it, though, but it's a song that does actually exist. And, you know, it was a song that she sung on a road trip with her parents when she was a girl, a young girl. And that opens the door. And then moving on to the next car, uh, episode five, I believe. Yeah, the cat's car. Um, so in this episode... They reunite with the cat, and the cat kind of like starts talking to them and says, "Oh, all the stuff in the past that we went through—that's behind the 
behind under the water under the bridge and you know she says um she t- she gives tulip these tapes that have people's names written on them which are passengers of the train and tulip picks up her vhs and you know she sees her name on it and then the cat says you should watch it because it has on here all the things that make up who you are so tulip of course gets intrigued and she puts the tape in the VHS player, and then she gets sucked into the TV and is reliving all her memories, her memories. And, you know, they start to, they seem happy at first, but then over time they get more and more, like, weird, and then Tula realizes that the memories weren't actually happy and that she was forcing them to be happy. And then when she realizes, like, sees them for what they actually are, then she comes back to reality, and then she um, approaches the cat, because the cat was trying to trap her inside of her own uh, world to try to get her to stay there. But, of course, it didn't work. And then Tulip, one one and Atticus leave the cat's car, and then the conductor and the mechanical monster actually come back. And they, uh, they essentially tell the cat, like, you know, you failed. And then they start destroying all the cat's stuff. And then, um, the cat says, wait, 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 you know, I can find them and bring them to you. And then the conductor tells her, you have one last chance. And if you fail me again, like, you're done. And then the conductor and the other mechanical limb creature they they leave and then the next episode is the unfinished car and Atticus one one and Tulip they basically arrive in um, a gravity car which has a whole society of turtles and has a similar uh, monarch as to where Atticus comes from since he is royalty himself and the uh, turtles kind of like show Tulip and One One their town, and then One um, One kind of starts acting very strange as he starts having this fanatic or this urge to like fix everything. And when he starts to fix things, though, he starts to throw the whole world into whack. And then it isn't until like Tulip kind of like gets him to see senses. Yeah, he kind of, like, comes back down to Earth. And that was probably, like, you know, I like the cat's car, but the unfinished car, when, like, one one was kind of going haywire, that one actually had more of a creepy undertone to it than the Conductor episode because, you know, one one is kind of, like, you know, at this point we did not know who he was, but he gave, like, a type of, like, is this, like, his true nature kind of thing? Like, is... Does he have, like, P- um, OCD where, like, things have to be in order for him? And if anything is, like, out of line, he has the urge to want to fix it in his way. Like, fix it to the way it's supposed to be. But then you have to think, like, how do you know it needs to be fixed? But to him, and that doesn't matter. So that one, that episode kind of, like, intrigued me more than episode 5 did. But anyway, um, going on to episode 7, which is another favorite of mine the chrome car now when tulip one one and atticus walk into this car 
this is kind of a reflection or mirror world, as I like to call it. And basically, your reflections come to life in this world. And so Tulip's re reflection tells her that, hey, if you want to open the door, then you will just switch and I'll go into your world and then you'll go into mine. And so they switch and then they open the door. But then, of course, Tulip's re reflection, she says, oh, I didn't say I was going to switch back. And her reflection betrays Tulip. And then um, later on in the episode, Tulip kind of like comes to the aid of her reflection because she realizes that, you know, her reflection just wants to be free and she doesn't really want to be attached to Tulip's life anymore. And so, you know, she saves her from being grinded down into nothingness by the Flex police, the reflection police. And then Tulip gives her a body essentially and she lets her reflect on one of her clippers on one of her small tools that she has and then she says now you can be free and then tulips tulips reflection um basically goes off into the distance and starts to live her own life and now tulip you know leaves that train but she no longer has a reflection which is something that i hope will come into play later on which might you know tie tulip back to the train in some way but the next car, episode eight. So I believe what happens in episode eight is something. Um, I think it's the ball pit car, but I could be wrong. No, that's episode nine. Okay, so I can't remember what episode eight is, but it's something that's kind of important to the story. Um... But episode 9... No, yeah, okay. A episode 8 it, it is the ball pit car. Yeah, and then the ball pit car, you know, it's essentially a ball pit. And uh, Tulip and all of them, they kind of like... They go in there and uh, play around in a ball pit, essentially. Nothing really happens with that car. Uh, except towards the end, the conductor and the mechanical creature actually come back. And they, uh, you know, confront Tulip and, you know, they tell her to come with or, you know, or to just stay put, essentially. We don't know for what reason. But for some reason, the conductor wants her to stay where she is and not go anywhere. And then, of course, uh, the cat comes. But then, uh, you know, some mayhem occurs. And then she, the conductor tells the mechanical thing to like shoot Atticus and the cat and one one to you know to Tulip's dismay and then Atticus comes out and then attacks the conductor only for the conductor to shoot Atticus and turn him into one of those dog wire things essentially giving us the origin of where those things come from it was essentially the conductor shooting them and turning them into mutant things and so Atticus essentially is gone, and one one in Tulip, you know, in the next episode, uh, Tulip actually, her number reaches zero, and she can go back home, and that pretty much answers the number on her hand, because 
you know, when the when at the way way back in the first episode when you saw somebody get sucked back in the world, that wasn't them dying, that was them returning to the time and the place where they came from. So Tulip denies this because she says, I want to go save Atticus. And so they confront the cat again, only to find that the cat actually has the conductor's tape. And we find out the conductor's name is Amelia. And then we see her backstory. And we see that Amelia fell in love with this engineer. And the engineer died. And so when she was walking, she got on the train. And she took one one out of the... Uh, actually, I'm going to get to that in a second. But uh, she essentially became the conductor and removed who was in charge and then instituted this dictator rule. But meanwhile, um, we find out later that she was trying to create, you know, um, her boyfriend again. So that's kind of like the whole mindset of the conductor. And then Tulip confronts the conductor, and of course they win. And then um, Tulip puts 1-1-1 in the conductor's hole, and then we find out 1-1 is the conductor. And then stuff ensues. We find out the conductor you know, comes to her senses, and she has a whole bunch of freaking numbers on her body. And then Tulip essentially returns home. And that essentially is the end of Tulip's journey and then we get like a little teaser saying infinity train will return and that's about it and then we see a little clip of one one saying the conductor is back in action and uh yeah that's essentially the synopsis of the entire story and i know i skipped over a lot but you know i just wanted to kind of get a basic foreground of the story since most of us have already watched it and now i'm going to talk about kind of my final thoughts and general predictions Okay, predictions, predictions, predictions. You know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. Tulip created the train. Enough said. That's it. There's nothing more that needs to be added. And if you don't believe me, you can just stop listening to this podcast. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I was just trying to be humorous for the sake of being humorous. But um, anyway, getting on to my predictions... Um, I do think Tulip will, oh my god, I do think Tulip will return to the train later on, not next season, not the next season after that, but probably towards the end, since she was the one that started it off, and I do think that Amelia will get off the train at a certain point, and I do think somebody will be stuck on the train and never get off. And I do think that um, the next train passenger is probably, well, I definitely think Tulip's friend is up for the running to be in the, to be the next passenger, or it's going to be one of the passengers that were shown in the final episode, which is probably the more likely option. Or it could be Amelia that could be the next passenger. Um, I am going to go out here on a limb and say that one one is actually evil, and the purpose of the train. Um, actually has a different intent than what you think. And I do believe that the train was created. I don't think it just appeared out of nowhere. It does have a creator because it's very machine-like in nature. 
and it wouldn't have all those mechanics if it wasn't created by something. I don't think 1-1 one -one did it because 1-1 one -one has a creator himself. So that wouldn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, let me think. As far as anything else, I mean, Tulip's Reflection. I think Tulip's Reflection will die at a certain point and return to her, and that will be the catalyst for her to come back to the train. Also, I do think that uh, the train's origin, I mean, um, is going to be explained later on. I do think there is a destination called Origin, and when the train has to undergo major maintenance, I think it's going to return to Origin, and 1-1 uh, is going to switch into like a different mode. That kind of sets, oh, even for emergencies, we have to return to the point of origin. And that's going to be like a plot point, I think, further. And that's when we're going to find out who the creator of the train is. We're probably not going to see his face. But we're going to find out where the train came from and who made it. It could be an alien thing, but I doubt that. I do think it was a person that, a person in the real world that did create it that was filled with regret. So they created a train that could create any possibility. Hence, the Infinity Train was made. And I don't think, I mean, obviously, and that's why, like, later on, when the creator died, one, he, you know, he left one one to say that, you know, I, if anybody gets on this train, um, give them a test. If they can complete the test, then they can go home. If they can't, then they'll stay stuck on it for forever. And that, essentially, you know, would be the, um, you know, how it would continue going on and on and on. I do think that um, the final episode of Infinity Train is going to be Final Destination. And that is a reference and just a cool way to end a series where everybody will come together and destroy the train. And then the train will be done for good. Also... I mean, who said that? You know, there there can be so many different elements. Like, you know, the train can take somebody from a different time period, which, you know, Amelia, you know, comes, you know, she was, you know, from a different time. And so she was, you know, transported on the train. But Tula was from more of the modern time. But we don't even know if it's really the present Infinity Train because it's taking from different realities. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. How do we know it's taking from the same reality? Like, there's so many things that are, like, attached to the series that they can go to make it dark and more mysterious. And since they're going the Doctor Who route, I mean, you know, there's going to be something new and interesting to kind of keep the mystery going. I just hope the mystery is still there about, um, you know, the, the train itself. And, you know, obviously we know some of the mysteries, but, you know, there has to be something more. There's going to be something more sinister, and there has to be a new villain, and I wonder who the new villain is going to be. But yeah, that's that's essentially all my um, predictions as far as, like, th theories go. And, you know, I really hope that the series, like, gets greenlit for at least, like, two more seasons, because I wanted to at least go for three or four at most. I know most cartoons on Cartoon Network and these other stations only go on for, like, three seasons, as OKKO is an indicator of that. But hopefully, Infinity Train has a large enough fan base to get it to that Rick and Morty status so we can go on for a long time, or at least a longer time than the average. And so, um, 
yeah, with that, that's going to end my um, episode here. Once again, I'd like to thank everyone who has listened this far for the um, for you know you taking the time out to hear what I have to say. Um, and uh, you know, I hope you come back to hear more. Um, if any of you were wondering where you can find this podcast, it is posted on Anchor.fm usually every week, but you know that's changing now, so it's going to be whenever I can post it up. There will be an accompanying YouTube video to go along with this specific uh, podcast episode, so stay tuned for that, and that's going to be uploaded on uh, Patreon, so make sure you go there if you want to see that, and the link to that is P-A-T- R-E-O-N dot com slash G-R-E-G-T-A-L-K-Z Patreon.com slash Greg Talks And then my YouTube channel is Greg Talks which is, you know, G-R-E-G-T-A-L-K-Z If you're interested in checking that out And also please subscribe If you are going to go check out my YouTube channel also, other platforms that my podcast will show up on are Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. If you are obliged and interested, go there to view and listen. Yeah, and with that, um, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day, night, or afternoon, wherever you are. And I will see you next time. <laughs>